0: Solemnly
1: swear that I am up to no good. Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs are proud to present the Marauder's map. If so you succeed tonight, more than one innocent life may be spared.
0: <laughs> Expecto Patronum!
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dan. And if you couldn't tell by our new intro, we are starting book 3, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Hello. It's really exciting. It's you know a lot of our contributors here, Molly Elizabeth Anna who's with us today. Hello. Um obviously we all like this book. Some of us have it as our top tier book.
0: Yes, guilty.
1: And some of us have it in our, you know, top top 2 top three so it's up there in our in our favorite books and there's a lot going on in it so we're excited to kind of break into it um i personally have great memories with this book we've talked a little bit on the podcast about how we don't really remember our first read of sorcerer's stone or chamber of secrets and for me those books were read in school they were both school books
0: It's just so wild to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I remember reading them in class, you know, from time to time or whatever. Well, Prisoner of Azkaban is the first book I went out of my way to go and read. Yay. Yeah. So the memory I have of it is (laughs) I brought it on a trip to Florida. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I I was going to Naples. I think I was in like seventh grade, Um, sixth or seventh grade, somewhere around there. Yeah,
0: sixth-ish grade. Somewhere somewhere around there.
1: And I was on the plane. I remember reading it on the plane. I remember reading it on the beach. I remember like reading it everywhere. <laughs> and um, I remember it because during that time, uh, my grandma would also read *Prisoner of Azkaban* with me. Aww. She got her own copy, and she would read yes, along with that's me. That's so fun. And uh, not to get too too in depth to it, but you know, my grandma's had some recent health problems, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, she's doing well right now, thankfully. But uh, she'd just gotten out of the hospital. She was a little um, uh, little, you know, tired, fading in and out of conversations or whatever, which is okay. But after visiting and saying, uh, you know, my travel plans for the summer or talking about this podcast and how well it's doing, again, thank you to everyone. I talked a little bit about reading Prisoner of Azkaban with her back in Naples, Florida, all those years ago. And... Uh, <laughs> She fell asleep shortly after the conversation. (laughs) My aunt, who stayed later that night, uh, called my mom the next day and was like, yeah, she woke up around, you know, 9, 10 o'clock that night. And um, she asked her, like, what she remembers from our visiting. And the two things she remembered were my travel plans this summer and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. So it was kind of a cool moment. So this book, not my favorite book in the series, But I have some pretty cool, great memories attached to it, uh, which does make it special. So I'm excited. I am too. And uh, we're starting off with Chapter 1, Owl Post. Uh, Very, very invigorating, uh, attention-getting chapter title. (laughs) (laughs) But look, essentially this chapter, let's be real about it, is kind of bringing you back into the world of Harry Potter. It's kind of a catch-up chapter. The first line of this book is great. It's a great line, but it also makes me eye roll a bit, because it's like, Harry Potter was a highly unusual boy in many ways. I'm like, really? Because I didn't get that vibe the first two books that no, I've read. No, no,
0: I didn't remember that aspect of the first two books.
1: No, that, no, nothing. Uh, not that we spent, like, half of a book <laughs> describing just how anxious he is about how unusual he is, but, you know, whatever. So, it's just, it's, it's a good line to start a book Yeah. in a, in a vacuum, but you know, having just read two books, you're just like, really? Um, but anyway, yeah, so that, that that line, the first line jumped out at me right away. And then uh, I think we both took notice of just so the Weasleys come into this. Yes. And before we get into, uh, you know, kind of the rest of the chapter, I have to go out of my way and say, Bill is really freaking
0: cool. Well, obviously. Bill was always going to be the coolest brother.
1: Bill is amazing. And the Weasleys win this prize at the Ministry of Magic. That's like a Galleon prize, mm-hmm. so they decide to spend the money. Aside from getting Ron a new wand, which, which is thank God sorely needed, yeah. But uh, they decide to take a family trip to Egypt, where Bill is Gosh. a curse breaker for Gringotts. Which is everything about that sentence is cool.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like Egypt, curse breaker. And the, the, the Wizarding Bank in London. Great. Just all around great.
0: I just, like, have so many feelings about this whole, obviously, but this whole family vacation. So many different feelings. Like, okay, one, obviously, you know me. I'm so jealous that they're going on a family vacation to Egypt because, like, okay, so Dan obviously knows this about me, but maybe nobody else does. Number one place on my life bucket list that I want to go to. So super jealous. The idea of, like, wizarding visits to Egypt would be so cool. But also, like, how do you think the family got there?
1: Oh, we are going to talk about the Fantastic Beasts movies. And we'll talk about the recent one, yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore, that just came out. Uh, we'll talk about that in the spoilers. So stick with us for that. Big co- it'll be a big conversation, believe me.
0: Yeah. Anna
1: and I haven't talked about it yet. I will it, be am excited that conversation. But um, in, in Fantastic Beasts or Crimes of Grindelwald, I can't remember which... No, in the first Fantastic Beast movie, spoiler for that movie, if you haven't seen it yet, um, he comes over on like a steamship.
0: Yeah, but that's like America. (laughs) That's like crossing the Atlantic. I feel like it'd be a little harder for the Weasleys to get from England to Egypt. Not exactly
1: skip across the street. (laughs) Like it's that's what I'm saying. Like that would be a pretty
0: intense boat trip for them. Like I feel like that would take out most of their family vacation. They were only going to be gone for a month.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Anyway,
0: that was just a thought that I had. My main thought comes from this thing that I saw. I think it was, like, a random thing that came up on my Facebook news feed. Mm -hmm. That somebody brought up the question, like, okay, yes, Bill is very cool. He is a Gringotts curse breaker. But somebody brought up the point, like, does Gringotts have the permission of whatever Egyptian wizarding authorities exist in Egypt to be doing all this curse breaking on the ancient Egyptian tombs? Or is this British bank essentially grave robbing these tombs?
1: Well, um, this is right up your alley with Egyptian history in that most of the people that made the big discoveries in Egypt weren't exactly Egyptian. (laughs) Right. This is why
0: I was fascinated. I was like, oh my God, that's such a good point. I mean, like, historically, like, I think the Egyptian government is still trying to get back most of their heritage. That is just all over the in world. British
1: museums, and, and a large, such. Portion yeah. In British
0: museums. I mean, come on, Britain still has the Rosetta Stone. Like, come yeah. on now. Anyway, I don't need to go off on that tangent. But it was just an interesting thought to me. Like,
1: oh, is, are the yeah. wizards
0: also doing some grave robbing?
1: Sorry, we're going to talk a lot of fantastic beasts in this episode. But the great thing I think about fantastic beasts is it shows you different. Aspects of wizarding around the world. Yes,
0: that is very true.
1: And I would love to see Egyptian wizards.
0: (sighs) Heck yes.
1: Because uh, just the stuff that they even say in this chapter, which I had long forgotten about. Like the details about mutant skeletons. (laughs) Yes.
0: Fascinates me. I had forgotten about that too. Yes.
1: It fascinates me. Like uh, multiple limbs and I think double heads (laughs) and things like that from curses that Bill is trying to break, yeah. fascinates me. I would love to get an insight or a look at what some of that is actually like. Yeah. I think it'd be fascinating.
0: And what type of magic you have to perform to do all of that curse breaking and figure out where exactly all those... Cur- yeah. No. Fascinating for sure.
1: Do you think Bill, like, obviously he's a, a smart and talented wizard, obviously. Yes. But Head by. He's, yeah, but obviously he's has much more education post Hogwarts. I mean, he's got to go through some like extra ish training, and we can get we into some did. of that in the spoilers. See,
0: I was going to say we could. We talk know a more little bit
1: more, that more about what that extra education might be in different professions. <laughs> so we actually remember new goal yes. for book three. I like this
0: new goal. That's probably it. <laughs> Real good. If anyone else is taking notes on the things that we say we're going to talk about in spoilers and we never have, you should call us out on our social media so we can go back.
1: Yes. Uh, So the other thing that really stuck out to me in this chapter was, once again, we see Harry on his birthday. (laughs) Yes. His
0: birthdays are always so sad. (laughs) Not always, but these Mm -hmm. first few books, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, And he's doing his history of magic homework in you know, the safety of the middle of the night.
0: Underneath his covers.
1: Underneath his covers, uh, which how he doesn't get ink on his sheets, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah,
0: I don't believe that.
1: He realizes that his birthday is now an hour into it. Yeah. And goes over to the window and sees this like oddly shapen thing yeah. come towards him.
0: I just imagine it kind of like The Blob, or like that old sci-fi movie, like The, the Blob. Yeah. Kind of, yeah.
1: And... Uh, he realizes that it 's three owls coming straight towards him, so opens the window, lets them in one of which, uh, two of which are familiar to him yes, so they 're carrying their own packages, and then they 're also carrying the middle owl that seems to be struggling with its package.
0: Like, thank goodness they found the poor little arrow <laughs> like what would have happened if they hadn 't
1: I feel like that 's all heavy like that 's <laughs> oh, yeah. all. Most I feel like a lot of this, and we've talked about, like, how did the Dursleys remember to give Harry a birthday yeah. or a Christmas present? Clearly, I think we know the answer here.
0: See, I'd lean more towards giving credit for that to McGonagall, but I like the idea of that it's Hedwig. Hedwig.
1: Because it seems like Hedwig went out of her way to... Oh, yeah, Hermione
0: mm-hmm. flat-out said, yeah.
1: yeah, like, made sure yeah. Harry was acknowledged on his birthday.
0: She's a good owl.
1: Could you, like, put yourself in Harry's shoes here? And we just said, hasn't had a lot of great birthdays. Yeah. And I think he says in this chapter he's never actually gotten anything for his birthday other than the cake that Hagrid made him that No, one he year. said
0: the last two years the Dursleys had just flat out ignored him. He used yeah. to get stuff like, you know, an old pair of Uncle Vernon socks. And and I'm, not his I'm not counting gifts, that. I'm not counting But, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. The, nothing of actual, a like, a real gift. Yeah. yeah. Like a real, a real thing, not some token piece of literal trash. (laughs) So, um, so just putting yourself in his shoes and just thinking that anyone, let alone three people, or if you want to include the the Weasley family as a whole, um, thought of him on the stay. I actually don't
0: want to include the Weasley family as a whole because... It's so meaningful to me. Ron was his very first friend, okay? And he made a point, Harry made a point of telling us he would never had a birthday card. And the first card that he opens is Ron's. Like his very first friend gave him his very first birthday card. It just made me happy. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's a really great gesture. And I can kind of feel that emotion that Harry would have in that moment of like how great that is, how great of a feeling that is. Which, you know, just gets better with, you know, Hermione's great gift uh, for, yeah. for a third-year student to come up with that gift is great. Uh, of course, it is Hermione's <laughs> I was
0: just going to say, it she's very good at giving, well, okay, she's not very good, but she gives very meaningful, specific
1: gifts. Yes. And just the extra effort it took to have it, like, mailed in from the Daily Prophet, which yeah. is just, it's just a great extra effort thing. Like, <laughs> it's one thing to remember a birthday, and then to, like, go that extra bit, yeah. and and really make that much of an effort is great, and um, just God bless Hagrid.
0: I know,
1: right? <laughs> He's he means so well. He does, and you know, I guess if you want to include the cake that Hagrid got him, that was his first, I guess, real birthday gift-ish moment.
0: Yeah, well, um, and even if you don't include the cake, there's. Headwig,
1: right that, yeah that too it's meaningful that these three people are the ones that kind of send him something um, but him seeing the picture of all of the weasleys like lined up and they're oh, all like, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a good feel good moment it is. It but.
0: Is. The, the picture of him staring at his cards his birthday cards lined up as he was trying to fall asleep i felt like that's even a good good moment
1: mm-hmm. yeah um other than that, in the chapter, um, it was just essentially a lot of Harry having to hide from Vernon. Uh, they are letting Hed- Hedwig out now, which is, yes, that's a bonus.
0: He's not allowed to write to his friends.
1: Yeah, which, which and and like his Hedwig. wand and all of his school right. books were put in the cupboard, I believe.
0: Which, fun fact, he now knows how to pick locks, which obviously Brennan George taught him. I love that. That was a good sneak in from J.K.
1: I like it. It was a pretty chill first chapter, all things considered.
0: Did you notice in all three of his birthday notes from his friends, all three of them made a point of saying something about hoping, you know, don't let the muggles get you down. Hermione was worried about if Harry was okay or not after Ron's disastrous phone call, which was hilarious. Yeah. And then Hagrid said something like like, all of them know the Weasleys are abused, or, I'm sorry, the Dursleys are abusing him.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't remember it ever sticking out to me before. Maybe we've just talked enough about the Dursleys being abusive, and that's we why it stuck out to me this time. Just ongoing theme.
1: Ron phone call. So funny. You had, that's the best, you, like, I feel like if I'd never seen a phone before, I'd still do better than that. Well, also, <laughs> like, like
0: how much of is, it is Harry's fault? Like, he just gave Ron a phone number and didn't think to give him any instruction or any, like... That's very
1: Harry, though, to, uh, like, to not really... I, I don't even think he ever really thought that that would... Thought it
0: through. Yeah, or um, it would be a
1: plausible option, like where would he would even get a phone true. or, like, wherever. But if you're Ron, I know you ask your dad after the fact. Maybe you should have asked Arthur
0: that's, prior to the phone call. That's not very Ron. <laughs>
1: And I'm not even saying that that would have helped a whole lot either, but I'm just saying at least it's it's a step in the right direction. But yes, you're right. Um, Um, I am a little surprised that Hermione didn't try though, because she'd at least have a better even after the disastrous
0: Ron call. I feel like she should have been confident. She could have still snuck in a call. Yeah,
1: even a 13 year old Hermione could have outsmarted Vernon, you know, for figuring this out. Oh yeah. Although it is tricky. Like, how do you ask for Harry Potter without asking for Harry Potter? Yeah. It's tricky.
0: Like, who's calling the Dursleys to speak to Harry?
1: Right. It's a little, yeah, it'd be hard. So, yeah, do you have anything else for the non-spoilers? We have a lot of stuff for the spoilers. (laughs) That's
0: true. That's true.
1: We have a lot of stuff for the spoilers. Bring it on! All right, we're just going to head to the spoiler section. Um, Stick with us. Again, if you've seen uh, Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore, stick with us because we will have a big spoiler discussion on it so come back for that you, you foul loathsome, of them evil little cockroach alright, so we're back with the spoiler section of chapter 1 owl post, there will be a lot of secrets of Dumbledore conversation, but first um, we're gonna double back because we're gonna make a good habit out of this <laughs> uh, we kind of talked about extra school um, for some certain professions, maybe more I'm not sure, but what I had in mind specifically was oars and how they go yeah. into like because it can't end at the seventh year, right? Like we're talking really advanced dark magic experience on the job kind of thing. Well,
0: that's what I've always. Isn't there like of a more imagined? It
1: isn't as. there like a training program? Because doesn't Tonks say like she Tonks? interned with like Mad Eye or something like that for a little while or something?
0: Mm, she said she was like a protege of Moody. And aren't there special tests you go took through? took that to mean that Moody just kind of took her under his wing. Like, I never got... I mean, I...
1: I thought there I was some, like, special test feel you feel had to pass. I there
0: should be. I'm sure there's tests. Yeah, yeah. Because she almost failed out because of how clumsy she That's is. That's right.
1: She aced the disguise, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And then she almost failed the stealth because of that. I guess
0: that. I just never imagined it to be as intense as you would think it would be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not
1: saying it's like you go through four years of... College, like, four years of high school and four years of college would essentially be Hogwarts, right? Yeah. And then, like, four years of medical school <laughs> to go to, like, an extra yeah. important profession, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that necessarily, but uh, maybe, like, FBI training. Like, you just you just well, uh, apply that's the to thing. that. I think <laughs> it's like,
0: more, like, like on-the-job specific. Like, once you get in, that department is going to handle your further training. So, like, we were specifically talking about this in regards to Bill and Gringotts, and, like, we know from Floor, she graduated Boba, Boba's home, Boba, whatever, um, and then she just got herself kind of, like, an internship-type dealie under Bill, that's how they met. So, like... I'm assuming the same would be said of Bill, and like maybe he just proved himself and like got himself into the correct training programs within yeah. Green Gods in just, order to work himself up to. There's curse
1: no way it. he graduates from Hogwarts, gets a job at Green Goss, and they're like, "Hey, go break curses well, no, out." Of in Egypt. Not. <laughs> you know, we just did like, the
0: math, and he's been out of Hogwarts for seven years. But I don't think he had to go to some like other very specialized type of like specific other school. No,
1: I'm not saying that either. That. But All but right. there's some sort of extra education taking place. Yeah. That I mean,
0: well, I would hope that would be the case for any job. Like, don't just throw me into the minute, okay? Maybe, unless maybe. Well, even dude, even like the magical janitors needed to know some extra magic. Like, can't everybody get some on the job training?
1: There's a difference. No, no hate towards Filch's profession of magical or almost magical janitor. <laughs> But there's a difference between that and breaking curses in Egypt and hunting down Death Eaters. I mean, there's a difference. Is
0: there... There's a
1: difference in danger level there. All
0: of them seem to involve chains.
1: Fair point. Uh, anyway, moving on from that. Uh, Harry gets a sneak Yes. As one of his gifts. And they basically tell you it it spins and it flashes, I think, right? I think it There's some, noise. some like, lighting or yeah. whatever. That goes off if someone untrustworthy is nearby. near yeah. and then they said how they think it might be a little faulty or it might not be trustworthy mm-hmm. because it went off at the weasley family dinner yes that's on that
0: oh well come on i'm
1: just throwing it out there i believe we both know the cause of it
0: well, obviously but... and it's not fred and george right yeah
1: yeah that's um... why
0: You know, in a couple chapters, seeing a scope is going to disappear into one of Harry's worst pairs of socks. Like, it's just constantly going off because of, I refuse to say his name. I only refer to him as, you know what, I shouldn't refer to him as Wormtail. He doesn't deserve that nickname given to him by his closest friends.
1: Folks, we're not even, we're not (laughs) even four minutes in, four or five minutes in to the first chapter spoiler section and she's already hitting some Marauder stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Be prepared. Uh,
0: so <laughs> I'll always find a way to bring it back to James. Every episode I'm on, I will do my best to mention him. Uh, how-
1: yeah, it's Scabbers. Scabbers is the one yes. that's setting all of this off. Um, so they see it here very early on yeah. as kind of, oh, something's obviously... I mean, up.
0: if anything, they even see it earlier when she specifically makes sure to mention that he's sitting on Ron's shoulder in that ministry or the Daily Prophet picture.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely a thing that they're kind of putting out there early in this book, very early in this book. Thanks. Uh, other things that we kind of noticed, and this is kind of where we'll almost transition into the, the Fantastic Beast stuff. But there was a line that said Voldy is, quote, the most feared dark wizard in a hundred years. Yes. And the hundred years part concerns me.
0: Right. That's what struck <laughs> out to me too. I was like, mmm, is he?
1: Which leads me to a question and I'm sorry I did not put this on the outline. I should have. Okay. But I do want to throw something out there. Okay. And um I've asked uh I think Molly and I think I've asked Elizabeth off the podcast. But I'll get their answers on the podcast <laughs> when they come on. Make note of
0: it. Uh
1: the question for you is Voldy or Grindwall? Yeah. Who is more dangerous threatening uh imposing like who who do you have in that
0: i mean so we only have the crimes of grindelwald in like the broadest of sense even from the movies yeah we've seen a few big speeches given we've seen a few like horrible things that he's done but we don't know you know great big specifics like we do about Voldemort like specifically who Voldemort has killed how many muggles he's killed such things so I feel like the easy answer is Voldemort but I think about Dumbledore and how great a wizard Dumbledore is and yes there's some personal reasons for why he didn't go after Grindelwald obviously but I just feel like for Dumbledore to be, Dumbledore saw right through Tom Riddle from their first meeting and maybe that was because Riddle was younger. But for Dumbledore to owner. have so much respect and, you know, for him to even be able to fall in love with Grindelwald, he had to have shown some pretty impressive magic, skill. And he's pretty darn evil. And I could go into, like, how evil I think he is when we talk more specifically about Secrets of Dumbledore, because I have a lot of World War II-related thoughts to Grindelwald. So, I would mean, more towards Grindelwald being more yeah. dangerous.
1: that's interesting. It's, they're very similar in they that they're sociopathic killers. Well, yeah, <laughs> they have no sad. compunction about killing anything, anyone, yeah. at any time with little warning. Yeah. So they're very similar in that respect. They're different in that I feel like they operate very differently. Tom Riddle Voldy is more Shadow's Secrets introvertedness. I
0: think Grindelwald kind of starts
1: that way. Grindelwald is more populist, social, out front.
0: Now he is. He wasn't. I mean, he was pretending to be a whole other person for a while.
1: Because he was in hiding (laughs) already at that point. (laughs) Like, he's already wanted at that point. I I, I just view them as kind of like, they had two very different ways of going about it. I think Tom Riddle, before he was truly Lord Voldemort, was like, I think he, I don't know this for facts, because I don't think we know much about Tom Riddle and his view of Grindelwald. We get like, we get like one interaction with them, which is very brief. But I almost think Tom Riddle would look to Grindelwald and how he did things and be Mm -hmm. like.
0: He learned from him.
1: He learned from him. He's like, that's an interesting way to go about it either looking up to it as being like, Oh, that's kind of what I want to be. Like, I want to be loved and I want to be adored. But I don't know that I'm that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I'm that type of person, that type of individual. And then when things go off the rails and he's no longer the handsome, charming Tom Riddle and things devolve into what he becomes, that that's out the window. Like, no one's voting yeah. <laughs> like that anymore. So it's like now he has to take a very different path. Yeah. So I don't know it. What I'm getting at, basically, is they're similar, also different. <laughs>
0: I think they basically have the same goal.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But just
1: way different, different ways, ways of going, of going about, about it.
0: it yeah.
1: Um, so it's like I'm gonna say this line, and it was a frequent line in uh, *Secrets of Dumbledore*. But pick your poison as to yeah. what what you kind of want. Uh, as, as far as what i guess you value as far as uh, sociopathic killer. uh <laughs> so, you know, i don't know um, to
0: choose any value um,
1: <laughs> and, and they also go about it like there's there's Voldemort does stuff that Grindelwald can't do and Grindelwald does stuff that Voldy can't do mm-hmm. um specifically like Grindelwald has no real talent it seems for Legilimens. Because he leans so heavily on Queenie.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good Whereas point.
1: Whereas Voldy's like, I ain't trusting anybody else but me Whoa, to get yeah. this information. And then you have you know, Grindelwald's ability to see bits and pieces of the future.
0: Well, he only got that in this re- most recent movie. Right.
1: But yeah. whether we like it or not, we can get into that later. Canon. <laughs> 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 so... It is what it is.
0: Well, okay, right, and I don't think Riddle would have ever thought to go down that path. I don't. Is think it he an had... inherent
1: ability? Like, is it an, an inherent power that you just have, or is it something see that you do? Well,
0: no, because okay. So what we know of Grindelwald trying to see into the future, he had that weird skull contraption in Crimes of Grindelwald.
1: The skull bong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was nice. <laughs> smoke coming out of it and he like I'm sorry it is it just is
0: and I, just, I mean like and the visualization is perfect I have just never called it that <laughs> it got me um so there's that and then he um seats out the chillin like I feel like he has an interest in seeing into the future not necessarily skill into seeing into the future like he's just a skilled wizard and he's going to see that but he knows what type of magic he needs to use to see into it I don't think it's inherent skill but I don't think even if he had inherent skill or not that's just not the route that Riddle is going for he never wanted to look into the future he never even looked to figure out what the whole prophecy said until trying to fix the prophecy almost killed him so I don't think the future concerns him other than making sure he doesn't die.
1: Fair enough. Uh, the other thing is I think Grindwald, they kind of build up him as a very talented orator. he, yes. he He's very silver-tongued. Riddle is too. But it's almost like grindwald has yeah. got like a persuasion in his, like a real persuasion not just like a, oh he's a really cool charming kid. No he's like I can make you do yeah. things by just speaking. Yeah. yeah,
0: I can like <clears throat> raise up a riot. No issue.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think that has its own menace to it that's oh, yeah. particularly dangerous. I mean, I have so. lots
0: of thoughts about that, but I thought that was for the end of the spoiler section. I'm not ready to go
1: there yet. You're not ready to go there? <laughs> Alright, I have one more thing we can get to before we get to Anna's World War II. <laughs> um so uh the other thing that kind of caught me while reading this and and watching um Fantastic Beasts was we got to be lucky that Harry never became an obscurist.
0: I like when I read this thought on your outline I like immediately started deep diving. That is just such a I don't know how I've never thought of that because yeah. So, okay, like, are you ready? Like, I actually really did deep
1: dive it. Go for it. I'm always ready for a deep dive.
0: How is Harry not an Obscurus? Like, what's the difference between him and Green's? So this is what I found. I, like, did some Googling. And per Wizarding World, this is, like, direct quote from Wizarding World. Being an Obscurus is suppressing your powers can cause a different kind of magic, a dark energy called an Obscurus. The force is caused by an internalized hatred of one's own magic and can cause death and destruction wherever it goes. Well, I think that right there, then answers why Harry never actually became an obscurist. He didn't even know he had magic to internalize. So this is like where my hat take comes in. Did the Dursleys maybe save Harry from becoming an obscurist? By not telling him about his magic.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's the finer point to this. It, it really is a fine line. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I believe you're right. I believe you're 100% right in that them ignoring the issue altogether yeah. saved him from a right. terrible, terrible fate.
0: Because Harry didn't know that was why the Jersey hated him. That was why they like treated him so poorly. He didn't is- know it had anything to do with magic.
1: And it's such a fine line because it's not even just ignoring. It's, like, specifically not saying, you have magic, we hate that. Yeah. Because how impressionable are children? Like, they have no idea. So they can internalize all of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have this thing that everybody hates. Oh, my goodness. Right. That's a really fine line that was walked there. That's a a dangerous game for Dumbledore to play.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: Which is yes. a, that's a whole that's conversation.
0: That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's
1: a whole conversation. I want to
0: have it with you, but I want to have it later.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that, guys, I know. we've said it before, but we can have like a whole hour long podcast on just Dumbledore.
0: I mean, we can than, have a, no, we, we, we can have, have a series have of hour long
1: podcasts yeah. on Dumbledore, even more so now, which we'll get into again, yeah. but, um, oh, too long. sorry, that's a fine line with Harry, Escaping the obscurest fate, mm-hmm. and it never occurred to me either. What well, until I read this book with the movie right hanging over right. The, the top of it, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of a thought to kind of mull around on.
0: Definitely,
1: I love it when guests do deep dives. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh,
0: <laughs> we try. We try our best for you, Dan.
1: Speaking of deep dives, are you ready for your World War II deep dive?
0: I mean, yeah. When you were talking about Grindelwald's, like oratory and speech giving, and how he can just like raise up, all I wanted to be like is Grindelwald is Hitler.
1: They're not very subtle. Oh no, they're not subtle at all. They're not subtle at all.
0: Like it's just like whoop smack you in the face, right? So okay, so I just basically started with Grindelwald and like flew through history to get to nineteen forty-five and like his defeat. So we know Grindelwald was born in eighteen eighty-two or eighteen eighty-three. So that would put him in his mid-30s while World War One was being fought. Did Grindelwald fight in World War One? Did Dumbledore fight in World War One? We know Newt did. And Jacob. So then I kind of like looked into whether or not I couldn't remember from the Fantastic Beast movie, whether or not Wizards were allowed to fight in World War One and how much of a wizarding war that was. And apparently, wizards were not supposed to officially be involved. In the war, it was considered a muggle war because they were worried about the statute of secrecy, which okay, James Potter, fun fact, his grandpa was a wizard and member, and he opposed that stance. He thought that wizard should have a role. But anyway.
1: We're going to keep a running tally of James Potter mentions during this. That's 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 a (laughs) one.
0: But so then my thought was, okay, did that fuel Grindelwald's like plan to just kind of rule over or eradicate muggles after seeing how much devastation they wrought on one another? Like, did is that where he kind of, you know, it's not the first time he had the thought, you know, wizard should be ruling over them. He had that much young. We, we fast forward to the fa- fantastic beast films. He's in his mid forties, which would still make him young enough, obviously to be active and running things in our 1939 to 1945 World War II time frame. So I just feel like, like you said, the movie was not subtle so at all in drawing parallels between the German Ministry of Magic, that whole scene, and, you well, know, the rise of Nazi Germany and Hitler.
1: In Crimes of Grindelwald, he literally has a vision well, with, yes. with the skull Skullbong yes. of tanks and planes right. and the mushroom cloud.
0: And then, so then if you bring in that scene in Secrets of Dumbledore, where there's all of those like statues in that big kind of plaza Mm -hmm. and like just very, and there's all the banners hanging. And I know that's because the election is coming for the International Confederation of Wizards, but like lots of different banners being hung and then Grindelwald being like ushered in. And it just like obviously slaps you in the face that's Hitler. I mean, like, that is essentially like the same kind of path Hitler had. And then this war that he's wanting to create between Muggles and wizards. I and mean, like, is this essentially is World War Two, unbeknownst to the Muggles, actually a war to make sure Muggles are not eradicated. So like Hitler wanted to eradicate the Jewish race and any non-Aryan race. Grindelwald wants to eradicate any non-magical blood. Did Hitler and Grindelwald join forces? Is Grindelwald actually Hitler? And like Hitler was just his little puppet for Muggles. Like I just like I have some thoughts. And then obviously, World War Two ends in nineteen forty-five, and that's when Dumbledore, kavishes Grindelwald. Is that the reason World War Two actually ended? Because Grindelwald was defeated. Lots of obvious thoughts to a history person. I don't know how many people are no. drawing the same parallels I'm drawing, but it just seems so obvious to me. Yeah,
1: no, it's a little on the nose. As far as the dates go, it's a little right. on the nose. It's and, and yeah, the portrait that we got of the German Ministry of Magic and Secrets of Dumbledore seemed yes. very authoritarian, yes. very yes. Uh, Yeah, did not seem like a super plus place to be. No. So, yeah, I, I don't that's think... That's
0: where Germany was after World, War II, after World War I. Like, that's exactly why Hitler was able to rise to power and get so much following and people who loved him.
1: I do like your point about how World War I and seeing what muggles are doing to themselves, mm-hmm. especially with the type of warfare that was being waged in World War I, exactly. which was horrific. Oh, gosh, yeah. So... He could look at them and be like, we're hiding ourselves f- for this. Right. Like, why are we suffering? Because these people are just stupid. Right. So I could see him getting those. Now, he had those ideas pre-World War One. He did. One. Yes. But that, I think, was his excuse to ramp
0: exactly. up his rhetoric.
1: Yes. Going forward. Yeah.
0: And probably why he was able to... Like, would he have amassed, I'm sure he would have amassed a following, just like Voldemort did, mm-hmm. but would he have amassed as much of a following as he did if people were primed for it after what happened in World War One?
1: Yeah. It's a really interesting comparison that clearly was not done on accident.
0: <laughs> well, right. And that's why, however we feel about these movies, because we feel, a type of way. I I do want them to finish the story. I want to see the rest of the parallels they're going to draw. I'm going to hope they start getting better with them. But I do hope they get to finish it. But who knows?
1: Well, if that's not a segue into what we think (laughs) of the movie as a whole, we haven't really gone into spoilers of the movie, per se, a whole lot yet. So... Now, if I know we're in the spoiler section, but if you haven't watched Sequence of Dumbledore and you don't want to go into specific spoilers, now would be the time to stop it. Uh, however, before it. we do that, I guess, really quick, sure. like it or not?
0: I still like, feel like I can't really say. I didn't hate it. Like, I hated Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay.
1: Uh, I Before we get into the spoiler part of it, I also think it was better than Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. But I did not like it, exactly. I know,
0: I can't feel I'm not going to go out strong enough to say I liked it.
1: But I will say this, uh, and this is a good lead-in to uh, the story, is I think the reasons I don't like this movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore, is because Crimes of Grindelwald was so bad. So bad. And uh, for those that don't know, uh, right I think before even *Crimes of Grindelwald* was released, uh, J.K. had already finished the screenplay for the *Secrets of Dumbledore*. Actually,
0: okay. It was
1: around that time. I think they'd already started even filming, like the movie. Know, it no was, honest, yeah, yeah, it was in production of some sort already. Uh, but she definitely had the screenplay written. After *Crimes of Grindelwald* did not go well on several different fronts, she's
0: not allowed to write her own screenplay anymore. <laughs> they brought in
1: Steve Close, who, if you remember, was the screenwriter for the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter movies. And he, so in the credits they have written by Steve Kloves and J.K. Rowling based upon a screenplay by (laughs) J.K. Rowling. That's because Steve Kloves came in and essentially rewrote the screenplay that was already there.
0: And I think he did the best he could with needing to fix stuff from
1: crimes. He had a very deep grave that he had to dig out of. Did I think he dug his way out? No, but he tried. And I think
0: <laughs> he gave he an effort
1: and you can tell. Could, you can tell.
0: If he's given more movies, like I still have hope for this story if JK continues to take a step back and let Steve close do work. With
1: that, let's get into the specifics of all of this. One of the issues I have with Secrets of Dumbledore is just as a movie, it's not great. Why is it not great? There's a lot of extra characters yeah. that do not need to be there. You're taking a lot away from important yes. things. And why are there too many characters? Because Crimes of Grindelwald introduced too many. Uh, specifically, I have a big issue with one of them. And it's the Lestrange brother who they bring in. Um, Lita Lestrange's yeah. half-brother, or whatever you want to call him. Yusuf Kama, Karma, something like that. I I don't know how to exactly pronounce the name, but A, I hated that storyline in Crimes of Grindelwald because it went nowhere. If it went somewhere, great. Well, it
0: further went nowhere here because, like, did Lita even get a mention in this movie?
1: Yes, she got a mention. Well, I don't even know if it was by, well, yeah, she she was mentioned once by name, by new. And then...
0: Not her fiance, Theseus.
1: Correct. Well, it was to Theseus. It was like. I know, but like Theseus but yeah. is just like,
0: anyway,
1: whatever. Yeah. And they acknowledge that Grindelwald killed her, but they do nothing with his character. He does, and I'm not Actually, exaggerating. They do
0: this. One of the most cruel things I've ever seen. Oh, so, that's true. That was horrible. Just like throw away your memories of an entire person, and like, you don't even save them, you don't even bottle them up, they just dissolve.
1: It it's a brilliant security measure by Grindelwald. It is, but it is ruthless magic, and and he does it so flippantly, like he does not care at all. Um, Which which again just goes back to how how he can be. Yes, there's so I guess I use him as an example for super dark magic. But other than that, his character really has no start and end. It's just kind of like a "Mm, he's here, have him go do something, which he doesn't ever do anything really. So, big problem with that. Tina is gone for the vast majority of this movie. There are rumors as to why. The rumor I heard, and again, emphasize just a rumor, but the rumor I heard was she was one of the most outspoken upon JK's trans tweets. So the rumor is that there was friction there and they wrote her out of most of the movie. Well, you
0: know what? That just makes me laugh, Tina,
1: That's a rumor. I don't know if that's true or what goes on behind the scenes, but that was just something I heard in The Winds, so there's that. Still, one of the more likable characters from 1 and 2, and you do nothing with her. Which is unfortunate. Queenie. I have issues with Queenie. Really? Yep. Okay. And the issue I have with Queenie is she deserts her group, her friends, her sister, her love to go with a sociopathic murderer that everybody knows he's a he's a murderer that's what he is is literally his right hand woman as far as like information getting he utilizes her often to get information about people events whatever so he uses her quite effectively and then what does she get for all of this Perfect happy ending at the end of the movie. No consequences whatsoever at all. They don't even have a conversation about it. Like, hey, that was pretty messed up, Queenie. What the heck?
0: I mean, that is very Jacob, though.
1: No one had an issue?
0: I'm not not saying it's okay. Um,
1: She helped a murderer murder (laughs) directly. Like, it's a problem.
0: Well, yeah, obviously. She
1: was an accessory to I don't know how many. In, like, many killings.
0: Okay, well, Dan, yeah, look at the entire Harry Potter fandom, okay? You also basically, while describing Queenie, you also basically describe Snape. Like, not as a, like, hateable character as Snape. But um, Snape pretty much had the same storyline. And the fandom freaking loves Severus Snape. So I feel like, you know, there's not going to be much like room in the fandom for people to like they don't want to see Queenie hated on they don't want to see like everybody was up in arms and was horrified and disgusted by Queenie going with Grindelwald I think they don't they want that storyline to be over they don't want to see punishment they don't want to see any of that they just want I to pretend it. that happened I get it but I get what you're like, saying I do you're right you're absolutely right she just gets to walk you away scot-free and just walk away from that yeah Nobody else is going to get to walk
1: away, So that, I felt that was a little odd at the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay,
0: can I also, real quick, just because yeah, I brought go up for Snape. It. Yeah, This can literally oh, just be like me oh, getting so mad. Nice. Please,
1: please tell me you're about to say what I think you're about to say.
0: Oh! Yes! yes! I literally vomited in the theater. Oh,
1: I'm disgusting.
0: <laughs> can we move on from all Yeah.
1: Okay, I have a story about that. So Elizabeth and I saw it on our first viewing. Molly was supposed to come with us. She had to, um, unfortunately bail out but I did see it with Molly too so I'll get to both of their thoughts here in a second but with Elizabeth when that moment came up and Creedence uh, Creedence is there and a character who we'll get to in a second um, Creedence asks him do you think about me did you think about me me?" and the character goes always Elizabeth and I the same time the same pitch the same level the same tone just go ugh Yeah. (laughs) Like an audible groan at the same time. And then we just couldn't help ourselves but laugh because it's like, really? They're really trying to make that a thing and make it okay. Even though in both circumstances, it's kind of not okay. It's a little weird. Not okay at all.
0: Not okay at all. More so, I hate it more in Snape's case. But we just need to move on from always. Like, I just, I know people love it. People tattoo it on their body. I don't understand it. Oh, like, give it up. Move
1: on. Yeah. They're trying to make it a thing real bad. I know. So, again, we're in spoilers, so we'll just throw out the main hook here of the, can I also say, were there secrets of Dumbledore in this, or were there just one? Was there just one secret of Dumbledore here? Mm -hmm. Or, let me phrase that, for us, the viewer, for us, the Harry Potter fan, I think there was only one secret.
0: Listen to what J.K. said about Dumbledore after the books were over. If you're just going strictly by, like, book purist, I guess it could be a secret that Dumbledore was in love with Grindelwald.
1: That Dumbledore having a brother, because a couple of characters in the movie were like, Dumbledore has a brother? Yeah, that's true. Again, well, we know specify that.
0: they Albus Dumbledore. So there are also secrets for his brother. Yeah, old, I, well,
1: yeah, I suppose. But I'm just like, I'm going through this and I'm like, is there anything I didn't know here? There's one. There's one thing I specifically didn't know about this. So it's secret of Dumbledore. Anyway, uh, the big secret uh, surrounding Aberforth. It's stupid. And at the same time, Albus was falling in love with Grindelwald. Aberforth was apparently falling in love with a woman.
0: Lies. He was falling in love with a goat.
1: That's a harsh take. (laughs) That was the take we were presented
0: with before this random storyline.
1: I fell in love with a woman. Uh, Things got complicated. They went away. Credence becomes Credence in America. Um, That's essentially where Credence comes from. And then Credence spends the... Which is another issue I have. Credence is the whole hook of the second movie. That's the big hammer that they drop on you at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Creedence does nothing really in this movie either. I get that he's a henchman sent to oh, kill... to be
0: like the assassin. Which, he does that nothing. duel was one of the cooler parts of the movie between Creedence and Dumbledore. I really liked the, ma- the magic in general of this movie I really liked. Um, it
1: took my second viewing to truly understand like what exactly was going on there. Mm-hmm. With the like snowflake that he blew into the window. Mm-hmm. and then kind of went into the reflection and hit Credence, and then it kind of yeah. creates this, if I can branch into a different fandom, like a mirror dimension in Doctor Strange, almost, where nothing I can be harmed.
0: I was feeling more inception with it, but yes, Fair I enough. like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so nothing can be harmed in this, like, duel, which they kind of did twice in this, like, yes. mirror dimension where mm-hmm. nothing can be harmed thing. Which
0: I don't like, but whatever, it is what it is.
1: Fair enough. Molly also didn't really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the record and I'll let Molly and Elizabeth really tell their full details when they come on and they will be coming on soon um, in a couple of chapters but neither of them were particularly thrilled with this movie I'll leave it at that for right now <laughs> although they both did like The Chillin
0: how could you not like The Chillin I know He's and so they cute. both liked
1: Newt's Crab Dance
0: The Swivel The Swivel It was the best part <laughs> of the movie okay they would also agree with you Redmain is a gift to man. (laughs) And that whole scene is one reason why. But yeah, agreed.
1: So I I didn't like... Creedence has that one big moment. But other than that, the character that you built your entire hammer on in the last movie is relegated to like a tertiary character at best. Um, That doesn't really do anything of an actual particular consequence. Part of this, again... Rumors.
0: So I was just going to say, I think part of this is off screen related. I agree. It is it is unfortunate that this series has had so many off screen issues all over the
1: place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Warner Brothers actually just was sold uh, to Discovery. And if you're Discovery, you're looking at this Harry Potter franchise and you're like, so one of our main actors from our major franchise is in court right now, a very public court case. The other one just got arrested.
0: He was arrested twice in less than a month yeah. for the same thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. The problem? And
0: that's not his first time having issues. No. Yeah.
1: So Ezra Miller has had some issues yeah. and written this movie. And I think to, to Steve Clove's credit, they know. They know what they were up against. Yeah. They knew that this movie might be the last one. So they had to write an ending that could wrap it up in a nice bow. Mm-hmm. And if they were to continue, uh, they gave an out for Ezra Miller to be like, yes. peace yeah. off screen. Yeah. Kudos to Steve Close for oh. pulling that off. I think he did that well. Uh, but yeah, I think Ezra Miller's done. If this does continue on to uh, a fourth, I To be honest, I, I
0: feel more strongly about Ezra Miller being done than I felt about Johnny Depp being done. I really hope he's done. But
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with all of that. But clearly they either wrote down or edited out a lot of Creedence stuff yeah. because he was a non-factor mainly in the entire movie, which, again, is odd. Let's talk about some things I liked. How about that? Can we <laughs> switch from negatives for a second? Swivel. Swivel. Well, swivel to the positives. <laughs> and the swivel was one of them. Uh, the chillin' was one of them, which we yeah. talked about. Although I do have one nitpick on the chillin'. Which I told you before we started recording of uh, the, what do you call him? President of the International Wizarding Federation. Whatever. He's presenting this chillin' before the vote. And he says, as every schoolboy and schoolgirl know, this chillin' represents blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, we just spent seven movies in a school, eight movies, seven movies in a school not once have we ever heard of this thing. And Hagrid kind of likes creatures. Like, you'd think he would have mentioned it, like, once.
0: Well, that is supposed or half to Or have one. <laughs> be. You know, there's the Fantastic Beast yeah. franchise. But they this is, like, this the Fantastic, fantastic Beasts. Beast. Right.
1: This is, like, the most so fantastic. They're bringing it
0: Beast. back to what the first one, you know, did, which I like.
1: Despite the Fantastic Beast in the title getting smaller and smaller. And
0: smaller. <laughs> well, because Dumbledore is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Better.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I promised I was going to be positive here. So, <laughs> it's hard. It is, it is hard. hard. The positives Mads Mickelson as Grindelwald loved him. Agreed. I think he was by far the best. Whatever you think of Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell, Mads Mickelson, yeah. just perfection.
0: That's what I've always imagined Grindelwald being. I didn't imagine. I had this big conversation with my brother actually about this over the weekend. It wasn't, Grindelwald wasn't this custom y villain to me.
1: He was the normal He was a Tom Riddle of yes. of Voldy. Uh, He was that exactly. charming, normal yes. Yes. everybody likes me. Yes. But I'm still a sociopath. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Yes. Uh loved his performance. I'm terribly saddened that it I feel like it's wasted. <laughs> but great performance. Well I feel
0: the it. same way about Juba. Like Though, okay, I have issues with what was going on with Jude Law's accent See, throughout
1: the movie. Seen the movie twice, that never bothered me. Oh,
0: it bothered me a lot. But anyway, that's probably just me.
1: Can I have a comment on Jude Law while you brought him up? Yeah. Here's the thing about Jude Law I like him as Dumbledore. I like him as this Dumbledore.
0: Yeah.
1: That works for me. My issue with it is I'm having trouble in my head correlating it to the Richard Harris, Michael Gambon Dumbledores. It it doesn't match up ever for several reasons, and
0: well, I, I get think a lot of people have that same
1: issue. I know, yeah. I know. It's I mean, again he's got a
0: lot of years to travel between those. was Dumbledore's. He's got a lot of life to live.
1: That's a lot of life. That's say. And apparently his fashion went completely sideways. I know, right. Because like the Tom Ford three piece suits, and then you go to like
0: that's why this the is mothball eaten purple
1: idea. like polka dot tie. Like. I Whatever. I don't want to talk about them. I, I can't. I, 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 <laughs> whatever. But there, there's a lot of life lived there that doesn't... And I get that the, the Harry Potter movies that we grew up with are for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. From top to bottom. Even though some of them get darker, it's generally for a younger audience. Where this is more for an adult, darker-edged right. audience. Which Jude Law fits more. Yeah. And he plays it better. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do like Jude Law as Dumbledore. It's just hard for me to... Make this all one thing. And I
0: guess I'm just kind of, you know, seeing, I can see the growth. I'm not completely sold yet. I I, I get what you're saying. I I just don't agree with
1: you. I just don't see Jude Law for 40, 50 years from now going like, I do like knitting patterns. (laughs) You know, I just don't, (laughs) reconciling that in my head doesn't fit. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'll just accept his pocket performance here as great. Um, there were a couple of things I also liked about his performance as Dumbledore and just the story of Dumbledore, Albus. This was a very Albus Dumbledore movie to me. Yeah. It, it very much was him. And in the first 10 minutes of the movie where he goes to Theseus and he's like, I can't tell you much. You're just going to have to yeah. trust me. And I literally put my arms in the air and I'm like, that's him. Well, and <laughs> That's the man
0: throughout the movie, like, she clearly got from Dumbledore of, nobody can know everything. Like, that is Dumbledore who a T. Not a single person besides himself knows
1: everything. Yep. So it's very Dumbledore. Yeah. And then at the end, uh, we did kind of talk about this, I guess, before, but at the end of the movie, you kind of see the price he pays for being who he is. Yeah. And everybody's celebrating the wedding.
0: I know that and, was sad.
1: And Albus is out in the cold, alone that
0: was his choice though it is i think that could have been a turning point for him if he had gone into that wedding newt is open to being his friend i feel like dumbledore wants to be newt's friend
1: in in that respect to a point that you've brought up in previous episodes his unwillingness to share the load yeah here he shares the load quite a bit
0: yeah that's true
1: and I'm kind of waiting for that hat to drop of something going horribly wrong and him doing that and then him turning.
0: Yeah.
1: It didn't happen here. Although he, it comes close a couple of times, <laughs> which he mentions it. He's like, You're here. You're alive. That's good. Was I not supposed to be? It's like, uh, maybe, maybe not. You know, who knows? <laughs> but. No,
0: what's your thought, though, about the chillin' bouncing?
1: Hated it. I didn't Agreed.
0: like it. I was shocked.
1: And I, I liked his response, though.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: I liked his, like, no, 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 yes. no, no. Which, if you're going to spin this, is the reason it bowed to him, is the fact that he would say, no, 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 that's not me. Yeah. The problem is, he's saying, no, 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 not me, because he knows if he has power, yeah. it, it like, doesn't suit me, him. the
0: chillin' would have, like, he's supposed to be this magical creature who only ever bows to the pure of heart. That's why he, like, barely ever bows to people. Okay.
1: I say he has a good heart. Pure of heart.
0: Exactly. Obviously, he does not. Right. So you shouldn't ever bow to him, even though...
1: He just spent an entire movie yeah. throwing people into the cannon fodder of this no. whole, whole dark wizard. You know
0: who I think the Chilling should have bowed? Either.
1: I'm scared about who you're about to say, because I might agree or I might disagree.
0: <laughs> I fully thought the chillin' was going to bow to Jacob.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: and
1: they But they set you up for that the entire movie. Right. They mention it several I times. I know. Fate I also would have
0: been okay with it if it had bowed. I know it never would have, but if we're talking, like, their base description of who the chillin bows to, I don't understand why it wouldn't have bowed to me. Like, agree.
1: I agree with you there. Especially because if this... Oh, I'm going to set off your Gryffindor-esque-ness. But if this franchise, as built by its principal writer, is supposed to be the, quote-unquote, Rise of Hufflepuff, who Hufflepuff as a house is the one you're supposed to represent and the one you're supposed to want to be in because it's the, for most people, consider it the purest of the houses. Here's your opportunity. Exactly. Here's your chance.
0: And one of my favorite lines in the movie was when Dumbledore—I forget what New was saying to Dumbledore. I know don't disappoint
1: had... me. Your honesty is your best quality. Something yes. to that effect.
0: Well, and that's yeah. what Dumbledore said. I don't remember what New had been saying to him, but yes. Right. One of my favorite moments when Elvis said that to him. Yes. So like, it's just like the perfect lead up, and yeah.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. Wow, guys! I, I it doesn't happen often. Um, Actually, it does. It really does. It doesn't seem like it, but we do. Uh, no, I agree with you. I would have rather it had bowed to Newt than um, Jacob.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm cool with it bowing to Santos in the end. Like, that doesn't bother well, me. was.
0: She was always going to end up being the head.
1: I know, which they also reference earlier when Theseus is like, money's on Santos. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think of Theseus?
0: I'm still wanting more from him. Like, I love the idea of, you know, like, Newton and Theseus doing these things together. I feel like Theseus has so much potential. It's growing. I wanted to
1: see more of him. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a worthwhile character to get more from.
0: Well, that's what, like, why are we giving, so I liked the character of Professor Hicks, but why are Mm. we giving so much magic and so much screen, screen time to this new random character when we have a character like Theseus?
1: I want to get to her in a second because I think she's worth a conversation. I would have loved me being the nerd that I am and the part of Harry Potter that I like the most, uh, which again, this is another positive of the movies real quick. I like the adult magic. I like yes. the creativity yep. and all of all of that goes into the adult magic of this. Not no offense, but no expelliarmus or whatever. I, like, <laughs> I liked the, she puts a wizard into a wall. That's awesome. That's such a, and.
0: I liked the book magic when she, when great her.
1: Great book magic, magic so apparently. So awesome. And going back to Dumbledore for a second, but the whole briefcase, copycat Seven Potters scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which didn't love that it's kind of a knockoff Seven Potters. Yeah. I did love another very Dumbledore thing. The magic that comes out of it, very Dumbledore.
0: Yes. Oh my god, I loved the
1: magic. It's very the, great. It's just great magic. The because, Quidditch Balls coming yeah, out. Loved it. Yes. yes. Loved it. The uh, like clutch keys. <laughs> <Like> everything <laughs> coming out of it. Great. So, uh, I liked all of that as well. With the adult magic, I would have loved to see the head of the English Horror Office. Great.
0: Which is a promotion for him. He has been promoted since the last movie.
1: And the head of the American Horror Office, oh. Tina. Yeah. I would have loved to see them spread their wings and really show off what they're capable of doing because yeah. those are two very prominent positions yeah. that you have to be really freaking skilled at yeah. i would have loved to see them show that
0: i don't like i didn't like it i'm not like sitting here loving it i guess i'm just i'm doing my best because like kudos to your podcast it's Bringing back some of my joy in the Harry Potter Mm -hmm. world, which I was starting to lose thanks to its author. Um, So I think I'm trying really hard to hold on to that and not just get super upset and remember everything about the movie that I didn't like. So maybe that's why I'm being a little more positive than I actually feel as I'm talking about it. But it's not, it's just not a great movie. They're, they, yeah.
1: And it's not, I actually, the more I thought about it in the second viewing, I'm okay with some of the Harry Potter stuff in it and the Harry Potter stuff that's, I don't like, I'm not blaming this movie. I'm, I'm blaming Crimes of Grindelwald. Exactly. Cause that's the foundations of it. Yeah. And what did you want them to really do?
0: It's like you said, they're doing their best to dig themselves out of the 20 foot grave that Crimes of Grindelwald put them in. And, and one they got maybe movie halfway. only going to <laughs> yeah. give them so much. It's to, to them that they were able to dig themselves out of any of
1: it. They'd have to blow it completely up to really dig themselves out. And we talked, well, briefly, we didn't really go into detail. I think they can redeem it in the next, if they do the two movies, if they follow through with their five movie plan. I think there's a chance that they could. The problem is, I don't think they're going to get that chance. I think it's going to get nixed. And I think they saw it coming, which is why we got the ending that we did. And it did not do well at the domestic box office this weekend. It made like $45 million. Not good. It did make much more overseas, but it opened, in I think, pretty much every market that it had. Um, Including China, I believe. But they also had to sacrifice the story for the Chinese release. I don't know if you've heard this rumor either.
0: No, I I read something about this and I don't remember
1: They were they They cut scenes with uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore referencing their love for each other (laughs) for a China release. So notice the scenes in those moments were easily cuttable. The first scene, you can just cut it, start with Newt, and then the other one, you can just kind of snip it around. But I think it made, all together, it made a, just under $200 million, which was about the budget. And that's just going to go down. Presumably it's it got poorer views. I think it's 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score was 89%. I have yet to see the cinema score, which kind of indicates how well a movie can do. I don't foresee this. I, I just don't foresee it going further. I would like to see them, and I would, because I'm a Harry Potter nut. I would like to see them, but I just don't see it.
0: I think a lot is going to depend on what happens in the behind-the-scenes type of meetings that, you know, we'll only ever hear rumors about. Yeah. I think certain people are going to have to take a big step back if they're given the chance, which I don't know how to feel about it anymore. Like, I do hope I never like to see a story cut short. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think you could be right. I think Harry Potter, the name of Harry Potter could carry
1: it through. I just wish we got better story for oh, Eddie yeah, Redmayne, Jude Law, Mads Mikkelsen. I wish we got a better story for them to tell. Cause I think they're more than capable of telling a wonderful. Oh my gosh, yeah. I also think, and I'm, we're running long on time, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wish they had taken Newt, Jacob, Queenie, Tina, over on the left-hand side and just had their Fantastic Beast trilogy. Mm. I wish they had Jude Law, Mads Mikkelsen over here on the right
0: Yeah.
1: doing a separate trilogy yeah. with Grindelwald and Dumbledore.
0: Because who doesn't want the story of Split. Grindelwald and Dumbledore to be oh, no. being
1: Oh, Great prequel. Great. Just don't combine the two because yeah. what happens, no, you get right. a mixed mash of 15 characters. You only care about four of them. And it's like, what are we doing?
0: You're right.
1: We wanted, we want more. We want to love it. Um, there, we've just had issues with
0: it. You know it. why I want two more movies? Hmm. I want to see
1: Jude the Law and a three piece student. Well,
0: yeah, I want that. Obviously, one woman And his forearms with that thing wrapping around it. Uh, I also want Eddie Redmayne doing two more weirdo dances. <laughs> that is what I want the most. <laughs>
1: And on Eddie Redmayne Weirdo Dances, we will leave you here on this podcast. So... Let us know what you thought of The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, We might put a poll up sometime soon of Voldy or Grindelwald. Oh,
0: yeah. That'd be
1: kind of a cool poll to have, because we do like our polls here. Uh, And then keep coming back for more episodes, because uh, I think Molly will get some chapters here coming up, and Elizabeth will follow that, so they'll kind of give their opinions on Secrets of Dumbledore and their chapters. So following us keep listening and um yeah we'll see you on the next one bye thank you for listening to hogwarts a podcast if you like what you've heard please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on twitter and instagram at hogwarts a pod